Welcome to What the Fun Podcast with Kimmy, Kisa, and Renee. Glad you can join us as we explore all aspects of entertainment and current events with industry professionals, friends, and us. Welcome. Here we are, episode 19. How's it going, everyone? Yay. Yeah. Okay. 19. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Oh, my gosh. We're, we're now um, approaching another weekend here. Any fun plans, y'all? Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> we're still in lockdown. <laughs> Technically. Although, if you go out there, people are not in lockdown. The no, sun is busy. out. The Southern California people are out. The rest of the country, on the other hand, they're in lockdown. I know. Oh, I have a friend's um, virtual wedding on Sunday. Oh, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Live nice. stream. So I can... I was actually pretty excited because I don't have to, like, get dressed. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big thing. Um, I know that for me, like, I keep looking at my closet and I'm like, you know, at some point I'm just going to have to take everything out and give it away because I don't think anything fits and it doesn't fit my lifestyle anymore either. (laughs) So when I go back to work, hello sweats and a nice (laughs) t-shirt. I hope they Mm -hmm. like it. Maybe if I slap on like a, a blazer, it'll be official, right? You just put on a blazer and nice shoes and call it a day. And still being your no, sweats no, no, and your no, no. pants. Slap on a scarf. Just slap on a scarf and everything looks formal. And everything is formal after that. So That's true. I learned that from you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna tell our listeners this morning I don't wake up really early. And if I when I do wake up, I usually go back to bed. I find a way of going back to sleep and then waking up like at a decent hour of 9 30, 10 o'clock in the morning, sometimes 12 in the afternoon. But this morning it was 7 30 in the morning because Kisa dropped off a coffee and some a wallpaper thing that I want to use for my little cabinet that I'm upgrading. But um I took a sip of that coffee, you know, it's so good. And me and caffeine, those of you that know me, it's just like Bonkers, You know, like picture like a circle and you have arrows coming out of it in, in many different directions in total activation. That is my brain. And so since 7.30 in the morning, I've been going and going and going and I just can't seem to stop. And so then I started coming up with like, what are we going to talk about during this cubicle chat? And one of the questions that popped up in my head was like, what is your fantasy job? Not like your dream job slash career, but like your fantasy job. Like if you were a little kid and they asked you, what do you want to be when you grow up? What would be that answer? Well, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an astronaut because of the movie Space Camp. I mean, do I want to be an astronaut now? No, but you know, that was like the coolest thing. Space exploration was like, like the thing that I wanted to do so bad. You know, but um, yeah. What is Space Camp? Space Camp is um was a small little uh thing. Think of it as like camp for kids, but all space. I thought you were referring to the movie. Yeah, there was a movie called Space Camp, and you know they accidentally launch up into space. 
But, you know, in real life, there was a space camp at the Kennedy Space Center and kids could spend mm. their summers learning about, you know, space exploration and being an astronaut and life up in space. Got it. <laughs> I think I wanted to be a doctor, which is ironic because I cannot do blood. I'll pass it. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it at all, at all. So it was just like, after that, I was like, guess not. <laughs> not happening. <laughs> I wanted to be a dancer, but like in a rock band. Oh, that's spicy. So like, rock band, but I was a dancer and a rock band. And I don't know how the two worked, but that's what I would play as a kid was like, I would get everybody to play some sort of make-believe instrument. And I wasn't like singing ever, but I was definitely rocking out. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's that like rock star dancer. That's what I would have been. And I can't follow choreography for the life of me. So like if you put choreography in front of me, I'm just like, they go left, I go right, I go backwards. (laughs) never in like sync with anything that's being taught but like on my own I'm fine but me trying to follow choreography not gonna work so I think maybe that's one of the contributing factors for me not pursuing that career (laughs) and I don't know how to play instruments but if you don't have to play an instrument if you're a dancer exactly you could have a tambourine yes a tambourine (laughs) yes because I used to have like the heater was like this And my house was like this uh, contraption that came out of the wall. So then I would get like spoons, like wooden spoons and use that as drums. You know what I mean? Like that was my, anyway, that's what I think I would be. I like that. Now, the reason why I think this came up was because we're, for this episode, we're interviewing Titu, who is really, his name is Baptiste Mollard, but he's known as Titu Magic because he's a magician And he's someone who started playing as a magician as a kid. He fell in love with magic. And now he's like doing it professionally, which doesn't happen very often. Like, I mean, it does and it doesn't, right? So I think that for us, like we've discovered other things that we've liked or grown into some sort of path. Mm -hmm. And even though it's all related to like some sort of entertainment or analytical work, like Kisa... (laughs) (laughs) you know but it's like is that analytical work I don't even know but I think that that's that's like really cool so I I think that's why I was thinking of like oh what would we what would I have done as a kid and then I was curious to know about you guys because T2 got to do it so yeah and he does like all sorts of different things he's not Mm -hmm. just a magician he he runs his life the way he wants to, which is really great. Yes. He's admir- admirable in that facet. Yeah. And also, you know, I had the opportunity <laughs> to see him perform briefly doing the laser show back at, um, what was the name of the uh, event? Um, Electronica. Electronica. Yes. And um, yeah, that show was very mesmerizing. I slammed on the brakes and watched his performance and thought that was pretty badass. So 
He's a cool dude. And so he's a very cool dude. For our listeners who don't know what Electronica is, um, it was a show that they had at Disney California Adventure at the Disneyland Resort. And this was back in 2010, 2012 era. And um, it was a really cool show that took you into the world of Tron. And he was our laser man. Like he was our main laser man performer. He was so awesome. That's where I met him. That's where Kimmy saw him and videotaped him. Um, <laughs> I but did. yeah, he's <laughs> he's pretty cool. And he he's like uh, just a spirit, like a free spirit. And when we did our little meet and greet with him previously, I remembered that he was an Aries, a fellow Aries. <laughs> I know that might not mean anything to anyone, but like he's just that. He's a typical Aries of like he's going to toot his own horn, go his own path, do his own thing and follow whatever um, whatever desires he wants. So that's what's really great about him. And so not only does he do magic and he's a performer as like a laser performer or other types of performing, but he also does video work and he's a photographer and he produces things and he works with other magicians and produces shows for them. So it's a pretty fantastic deal and we're very, very excited to get to talk to him today. Yes, joining us today is a world-recognized comedy magician and illusionist who has performed in over 40 countries worldwide. Born and raised in Paris, France, and now based in Las Vegas, his French-style approach to magic and comedy allows him the ability to be a unique creative force within the industry. Having worked with exclusive clients for many events and TV shows, our guest is in high demand, and we are so excited to have this amazing talent on our show. So, Please welcome to What the Fun Podcast, T2! Yay! Yay! <laughs> welcome, T2. Well, thanks, oh, my uh, gosh. Hello, guys. Thanks for having me. I don't even know who wrote that bio, but that sounded pretty good to me. I was like, wow, did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> Poof, it was magic. <laughs> I, know, right? <laughs> I was listening to you. I was like, who is that guy? I want to meet him now. I was like, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that you're here. I know that we've we know each other for a few years now back in I think we met in 2010-11. Yeah, that was a uh, October 2nd, 2010. Look at that. I know exactly the date. Oh my god, you remember the date? Oh, that is awesome. Actually, it's because in my show I say a story and it I tell the, the whole story like how I end up here and so I say the date every time. Oh, okay. Uh, so I said the date over 200 times a year, so I know it. <laughs> so um, 2010, that's when we met. It was, like I mentioned earlier, uh, as part of our cubicle chat, we met at Disney California Adventure at the Disneyland yeah. Resort, where you performed as Laser Man in the well-known cult classic... <laughs> <laughs> Event of a lifetime at Disney California Adventure called Electronica, based on the Tron movie. I mean, I don't want to brag, but I think that's the best thing Disney ever done. Hands down. I mean, hands down. I mean, come I, on. I agree. I agree because I mean, I've never seen Laser Man perform until I was walking across the park and I was just mesmerized by this, these lasers that were, you know, coming from this one person on stage. I feel, I feel like the whole concept of the, the electronic experience was great, it was a great idea. 
Uh, Absolutely. And I, think that, and I think that's why they got extended over and over. Because that's yes. because of you guys. I know I'm still here because you keep extending the show. <laughs> <laughs> I think the show as a whole was a great experience, oh, yeah. but yeah. that's how we got to know you. And you came in with such professionalism and a willingness to adapt to what a, a crazy world corporate theater and you know uh, <laughs> live entertainment can be. Um, tell us about that experience. Just. Coming in from France and being here, like, oh my God, what is this crazy world? <laughs> uh, it's funny because I always talk about how every uh, little details in life makes differences. And, uh, you know, it's like, and this, I was like, at first I said, no. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I won't be able to do it. And they're like, well, we really need you to do it. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do it. And then like 10 years later, I'm mm-hmm. here and all the, what I've done in the last past 10 years, that would never happen if I didn't say yeah when they call me that day. Mm-hmm. So it's funny to see like how like one decision can change everything. That's funny. Uh, for an example, I talked to a friend that uh, she's like something stupid, very something stupid, but that's how funny things makes a difference. She was watching something on social media you know, like the, the, the trend or you like, uh, buy at, at the drive through, like the people's behind you order. Mm-hmm. And so she saw that online and she did it for fun. And it was like a while ago. And so the person like stopped her after the chat, you know, they're married and they have two kids. Mm. Oh, how, how, how crazy is that? Yeah, so so he, she like paid the drink or yeah, whatever. She saw, she saw something on 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 social media, but like the trend of like, oh, pay some, be nice to pay, 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 pay for yes. exactly. And she did that. After <laughs> Paul, the chaser, I guess, say like, hey, thank you so much, I appreciate it. Started to chat. I guess they went out, and now they have two kids. Oh, that's wow. amazing! <laughs> Someday. <laughs> so that's why I'm going to Starbucks five times a day. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll pay that one and I'll pay that one. Yeah, so <laughs> that one. The next six hundred person behind me that that taught me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean I, oh I went a little bit too far with the but like that's why I'm like it's uh I it's always good to not not plan too much and let things go and see what's Yeah, going. kind of take the, taking those chances. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. You never know. You never know where it's gonna lead. And yeah. that's been like a reoccurring theme with a lot of our guests that we've had on our show thus far of just people saying yes to opportunities that they didn't know was of going course. to take mm-hmm. them in a different direction. Of course. But that's why it's important to like, even like, especially in the, in that business, like, I mean, at the beginning of my career, I did so many things that were not very excited for me to do. But knowing that, well, if I do this, it might bring me another opportunity because I know the for example, I don't know, the producer of that show is also producing that show. So if he sees me there, he might want me there. You know, that's why like mm-hmm. it's always important to like jump on opportunities. And um and I, I never be like I know a lot of people in my industry and I know it's in the performer industry in general, it's like they think they are too good for some jobs. But Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. never been like this, so I'm like, no, it's you know that's well, that's not amazing as well, but it's gonna be maybe it's gonna be fun. So I never be like, no, I'm not gonna do that because I'm too good. 
So prior to you coming to the States, you were already practicing magic. Like that's how you were making your living in France and other parts of the world. What made you stay here? Like what inspired you to stay in the crazy world of the States? Uh, so So I started like doing magic. I was seven years old. So as on today, it's been 27 years I'm doing magic. Uh, and as a, as a magician, like we get a lot of stuff come from the States, like a lot of amazing performers, uh, like legend and magic come from the States. Uh, so I've been inspired by the, even the books that I was reading, uh, mm-hmm. everything was coming from the States. Like everything was in English. Everything was like about America, about shows, about Vegas, it, you know, in France, we like, we have a big uh, culture for like theater, but not magic. Magic is not a, is not a thing. You know, you like, no one will pack a 2000 seat theater with a magic show unless, I mean, maybe one or two magician will, but that's mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've always been, uh, attracted to that U.S., uh, thing because it's all be like, oh yeah, in America, like magic is like a cool thing to do. And, People come to see magic shows and they're excited yeah. about it. And we also always say like these two, like two of the best um, spectators are Americans and Japanese people. Mm-hmm. They are mm-hmm. the best because like in France, people are like very, especially in Paris, they're like very like, eh, you know, like very arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I feel like you do a magic trick in, in France, the reaction is going to be like, is he going to try to figure it out or tell them or tell you that what they think the, the secret is? Because I feel they just mm-hmm. don't accept the fact like you fool them and they feel that inferiority things like, oh, you know something that I don't uh-huh. and I feel stupid. So now I have to try to prove to you that I know how it works. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's no fun. <laughs> I know, I know. And exactly that's no fun. And, uh, and here you like, uh, <laughs> you do a magic trick and you're like, Oh my God, that's so cool. That's amazing. That's so good. Hey guys, come over. Like, come see what you just did. Like, can you do it again? Can you just, yes. I, I, no, but, and, and, and it's like, and that's why I was like, Oh my God, like what I've been doing my whole life, what I've been doing magic, magic for French people. Terrible. <laughs> and now it's like for, with all my, with all my friends or like performer in general, like that, like did good in France. We always say, like, if you do good in France with magic, you probably can do good everywhere because I feel like we have the hardest, mm-hmm. the, the critique, the spectators, like, ever. And uh, so, if, like, if, if your show works yeah. in France, you're probably going to kill somewhere else. It's probably going to be amazing somewhere else. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's a true test. <laughs> <laughs> and you clearly have done that. I mean, for the past 10 years, you have successfully toured all over the world with your stand-up comedy show that is based on your life. You've performed with Masters of Illusion, and you've continued to do corporate gigs. Now, what I want to know is, what has been your experience over this past year, going from a very busy performing schedule to not performing at all due to the pandemic? And also, what have you kept yourself busy with? So what do I do? So I, uh, I still create magic. Uh, I don't do shows, obviously, but um, I work with different people that reproduce magic on social media. So I design mm. illusions for other magicians. Uh, I'm very creative. So 
uh, with another French magician who has uh, actually uh, a show here on the strip uh, that's closed right now, obviously, but uh, he's mm. doing videos online and we do like big, big stunts and stuff like this. So we write, we write stuff, we practice stuff, we build stuff and, uh, and, and we publish that on social media. And actually now, uh, some of the videos are, one of the videos is actually the most viewed video on whole time on Facebook. So that's cool. Really? <laughs> yeah. That is really cool. This is with Xavier Mortimer, correct? Yeah. How long have you known him? And I'd say it's funny because we, um, we know each other for 15 years. We, we knew each other before, uh, uh, we both moved here. And, uh, it's funny because we always joke about that. It's like, remember when like 15 years ago, we were like under the rain trying to feed the whole show in our car at that theater. And now we both live in Las Vegas. <laughs> Like 15 years later, we both live in Las Vegas and you have your show on the street. Yeah. And we produce big stuff. And, and we always joke about that. The, the, every time something goes wrong, it's like, we, we always look at shows like, could be worse. We could be back in Paris charging, <laughs> loading, <laughs> loading <laughs> your car in the rain by yourself at 10 p.m. because no one wants to help us. Uh, we, we refer to that joke, uh, to that joke a lot. But, um, yeah, and I, and, uh, it's funny because it, we always joke about the fact that COVID actually is fun because we both live in Las Vegas, but during like the normal time, we never see each other. And he lives like literally five minutes away from me. Like we really live. Yeah. But, uh, we used to never see each other because he has his show in Vegas. I'm traveling like constantly. So it's like barely see each other. And now we see each other like, almost every day because we do stuff. So it's for us, it's kind of fun because we work on other stuff that we usually don't have much time to work on. Uh, and then we like hanging out yeah. all day and be creative together. And it's cool because we have that connection that being friend for 15 years and loving the love of magic and being creative. Um, mm -hmm. So that's cool because for us, it's like, uh, like his garage and my garage, like the playground, we like, we spend the day like building stuff, trying stuff out. The neighbors look at us like, what the hell are they doing, those guys? But, um, <laughs> but yeah. Um. So when you, when you are developing these magic um, shows, or even when it's like collaborating with someone like Xavier, what is your process like? What is that creative process like for you? Um, it just, uh, well, like I said about, about my personal show, because like I said, mo most of it, it's the story of my life illustrated with magic. I mean, some mm -hmm. stuff are like a little bit exaggerated to make it funny or stuff like this, but, um, pretty much if you don't yeah. know anything about me, if you, if you go see my show, you have an idea pretty much who I am. And I, and that's also always been, yeah. um, my thing is just like, if it's exactly like if I, was going to meet people and I have a, an hour and a half to tell them who I am because they don't know anything about me. That's what I would say. Oh, that's what I would do. Mm -hmm. And that's what, and I, for me, that's important mm -hmm. to like, because some, some magic shows is like boxes after boxes, after boxes, after boxes. And you're like, 
okay, that's cool, that's impressive, that's mm-hmm. amazing how you could have gone half and our body's there and the head is over there. It's impressive. But I'm like, why it's why it's a purpose? Like why do you do it? You know? Mm-hmm. And uh and mm-hmm. and you see the shows like, oh that was a cool show, that was great, but you will not remember much because that person on stage didn't share anything personal or specific, you know? And, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And it's funny because, and, and once again, I always talk about magician with ego. Is it like, oh, no, it's all about what I do. It's like, I don't think so. It's more about the, what you share with people. Like, because if people come see my show, uh, in six months or a year from now, they won't even remember exactly what trick I did or what they saw. What I, but if they remember, I had a good time. Mm-hmm. That was, I had a great time. Yeah. And that's all it matters. And they will recommend the show because they had a good time. Mm-hmm. They had like a, they share, like they share a good moment with someone they didn't know. And, uh, and that's cool. Like pretty much me, like when I, at the end of my show, I, I hope like people like, uh, enjoy what they saw, but also the, my personality and who I am. And it's like, like, uh, it's like, oh, now I want to hang out with that guy because he could be my friend, you know? And that's a feeling mm-hmm. I want to yeah. I wanna give because I was like, hey, if you see what you're seeing right now, it's exactly what I am in, in my everyday life. Yeah, we had a, a stand-up comedian on our show uh, a few months back and he said the same thing. For him, you know, his shows really hit their stride when the audience can connect to the jokes that he's telling and, you know, they can relate to him and he's more personable that way. And that's what people, that's why people want to come and see shows. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Exactly what you said. They want to see your show because they like you and that's, what's going to keep them coming back to see you. And and exactly. And that's a good point with comedian. Uh, People need to relate to what you're saying sometimes. Mm -hmm. So what was it about magic that that drew that drew you in? That was like, yes, like I want to be a magician. What was that like for you? So I started when I was seven. So at that time, it was like a lot of like TV shows about magic. Uh, it was around the early days. And I, I saw something on TV and mm-hmm. and uh, I think I wanted like the feeling that I have to be fooled and not understand. But uh, have an idea how it's possible or not. I think that the, uh, the, mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. the feeling that I wanted to give to the people, like, and for me, even yeah. today is when I perform, I hope that people watching what I'm doing, uh, look at me the same way and have the same feeling that the feeling that I had when I was a kid watching magic for the first time. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like we were talking about French people always trying to like, uh, figure it out and not accept to be fooled because it feels stupid. Uh, and, uh, me, I like the fact there's maybe not an explanation for everything and that's cool. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. So when you were a seven year old kid or, even a teenager when you decided, hey, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. What was that magic trick that you used? What was the magic trick you fell in love with and were like, this is it? 
Uh, this caused the right reaction. This is the magic. This is it. <laughs> it's, so I saw, it's funny, it was a, a coin that was going through a glass. Mm-hmm. Mm. And uh, I saw this and uh, my mom bought me that magic trick in a magic store. The first time I went to a magic store ever was with my mom. And it's funny because 10 years later, I became the manager of that magic store. <gasps> oh, that's awesome. It was just after high school, but that was the best experience ever because I could pretty much, I had access to magic all day long. So, and uh-huh. uh, because like books and stuff like this magic stuff are like pretty expensive because it's like old stuff or like it's very expensive. So it's like, People just don't buy it to know the secret of something when it works. They're like, so, but th- then being mm-hmm. in that store, I could, I had access to all of this all the time. So I, if I wanted yeah. a book, I was like a research it. lab. <laughs> yeah. And it was, if I wanted a, a book or something like this, um, like I couldn't afford, I was ordering it for the store to sell it later, but I was reading it during the, <laughs> But yeah, when like all the books, when, <laughs> when no one was in the store, during, like the day was pretty quiet because in the middle of the day, I was reading books all day, all day. And that's what I mm-hmm. love the most about magic and things in general. It's just like, for me, there was nothing better than reading a magic effect in a book and mm-hmm. just picturing it in your own head without seeing anything else than the way you could yeah. really picture it. It's the same like when you, you know, it's always like, oh, no, that that person, that character didn't look like this in, in the book, in my imagination. And you watch it in the movies, like, oh, this is a Yes. That's why it is now for me with magic. I remember as a kid, we didn't have all the video trailers, like the new magic trick. I mean, it was like I was receiving magazine with a di- like written description of the, the trick and the effect. And I was like mm-hmm. picturing in my head and... And that was like, oh, the best thing ever. So you yeah. have like, you have a, a genuine curiosity oh, yeah. about life, yeah. I think. And like, <laughs> even when you're referencing like learning about magic and how you would read the books and imagine that in your head. And then I see you doing so many things because you go beyond magic. I mean, you know, I met you as laser man. You were a magician all along, didn't know about that, then found out and I was like, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? And then after that, it's you've done you you do photography, you do video work, you produce shows, you uh help others obviously collaborate with them. And you have a very busy schedule between traveling from Vegas to around the world and back. How do you keep yourself balanced because for someone who likes a lot of change and likes to try all the different things, is, does that give you the energy to keep going? Yeah. Or do you at some point feel like I need to get away from everyone? Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Like, what do you do? I like, I like, I like my alone time. <laughs> definitely. Uh-huh. Uh, and also like I, so when I do the big stuff, we always travel with a big team. But when I do the stand-up show, some lot of stuff, it's just me going by myself uh, with like 20,000 suitcases, but it's just me. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, I'm very fine to be alone. I like during the year, I'm alone a lot. I travel alone a lot. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm in hotel room a lot. 
And it's funny because we were talking about a friend of mine yesterday about that, actually. Uh, I was like, I don't mind to go to a restaurant by myself. Uh, I, I go watch a movie in a movie theater by myself. Uh, I don't, I'm not like, I don't, like, I've done that so many times. I had to do it so many times. Like, so I, uh, hmm. I, 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 I like to, uh, to be alone and, uh, I like to be around people. I mean, I, I'm very social, so I like to see my friends and mm-hmm. family and all the time. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't mind to be alone because I'm used to it and, uh, and it's nice. And when I don't want to talk to anybody, I don't talk to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we joked around about this uh, in our little pre-meeting uh, a couple of days ago that you were in Aries. Yeah. And I remembered that halfway through the through the talk because you are so like, again, energetic and you like change and you're a little bit impatient at the right times <laughs> and the, the the fact that you like being alone. And I relate because I'm very much like that as well. Um, I just thought that was funny that that you also like to be alone because I like my Renee time too. <laughs> also, when I don't like to talk to people on the plane. <laughs> That's why you always put headphones and act like you don't hear anything. Even if you don't listen to anything, you just have headphones on no matter what. <laughs> sometimes sometimes I put a phone like this so it's like I'm acting like I'm on the phone and I speak French to no one and so the people don't talk to me because oh he doesn't speak English so I'm not going to talk to him oh (laughs) very good very good very good trick (laughs) and one day I'm going to say something stupid in French and the guy actually is going to be French and he's going to be like oh shit (laughs) 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 it's going to know Oh my goodness. T2, this was such a pleasure having you on the show. But before we conclude the show really quick, you know, do you have any like words of wisdom you'd like to, you know, share with our listeners about, you know, just anything to look forward to or anything to motivate Um, and inspire? uh, Well, I think I hate people that complain, Mm -hmm. like, because complaint doesn't change anything. (laughs) Uh, mm-hmm. oh, I mean, we all no, we all we all get frustrated when something doesn't go the way we want. It's normal. I, I mean, I I do it too. But also, like when you think your life sucks, someone else's life sucks hundred times more. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, and this, I can, to be honest, I I realize a lot sometimes when I I travel. Like for example, we were talking about me doing shows in India, and when you go to India, and you know, like I don't know if you've been, but it's like. There's no in between. It's like either like people are like billionaire or either they have nothing. There's no like middle class. So mm-hmm. and people like have a lot of money don't even acknowledge the people that don't. It's like they don't even exist. And mm-hmm. but you go there and it's a country mm-hmm. like no matter what people like because all they know is poverty, for example, and they all be like they're always smiling no matter what. They're always smiling. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, and they have nothing. They have nothing. They don't even have shoes. They don't even know if they're going to eat today or something, but they're always smiling and they never complain. And it always makes me realize like, Oh my God. Yeah. And you're like, and you're like, and then you complain because your coffee at Starbucks was not the right temperature and you always burn your lips and you bitch about it. And I'm like, right. you know, it makes you realize like, come on, it's not, it's not that bad. Yeah. You know, it's not that bad. So I, uh, exactly. I, I, yeah. mean, I complain a lot because I mean, I'm Aries. Renee said that, so I complain a lot 
but also like I'm like yes, <laughs> and I'm all, and I was the person when people say, "Hey, this is sucks," but I was like, "Yeah, okay, but that sucks right now. Let's do that now. Uh, we'll fix the problem. We'll, like right now, we're going to deal with that because we have no choice. But we'll, we'll make mm-hmm. it better. We'll fix it. It's not the end of the world." So I'm always like finding the the yeah. the good side on something, or it's like, "Hey, like it's not the end yeah. of the world," or there's a solution for pretty much everything. So, uh, yeah. But also, like, when we were talking mm-hmm. about uh, when life gets normal, like, what I love about my life is, like, I have no idea where it's going, and that's what is exciting for me every day. Uh, so that's why I, like, love being social and meet people because anybody is going to add a little thing to the equation of your life that's going to make it different every single day. Mm-hmm. So, um that's why I hate the routine. Oh, I love that. That's why, like, uh, I couldn't do a nine to five job because I, uh, you know, like, the my alarm clock never ring at the same time every single day, ever, pretty much. Because it's like one day I have to wake up early for that, the next day I have to wake up even earlier, the next day I have a flight at that time, so the next day I can sleep in. The, so I, that's why it's like always exciting because it's never the same thing. And that's why, we're like, even when I do a tour for like a month and a half. It's like it becomes a routine, even if it's theater different, every different size theater, different crowd, different thing. It yeah. becomes it becomes a routine. It's like okay, now I'm ready to mm-hmm. do something else. Now I'm gonna do some do like mm-hmm. uh, photography or videography yeah. or something or work from home uh, doing this or designing something or you know every time something becomes a routine. Yeah. Uh, I was like okay, that's too much. Now I need to do something else. I need to move on to something else. To come back to that yeah. later, but right now, that's too much. And uh, and I think that's a secret of happiness. It's never feeling like you have to do something you don't want to. Well said. Oh, my goodness. T2, this was such a pleasure having you on the show. And when life gets back to normal again and we achieve normalcy and your shows go back up and you need three beautiful assistants... Immediately, <laughs> we're just a phone call away. I want to say one thing. I hope life is never normal. That's when it becomes boring. <laughs> that is that is true. That, that is true. I love that. <laughs> if you'd like to follow T two on social media, you can follow him on Instagram at T two Magician. That's T I T O U Magician. You can also check out his website at www.t2magic.com. Yes, and please make sure you are subscribed to all of our podcast platforms. And hey, while you're at it, go ahead and write us a quick little review on whichever platform you use to stream. We love hearing from you. We post new episodes of What the Fun podcast every other Friday. Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye.